All right, if you take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4, and God willing, we'll be expounding verses 1 through 4 tonight. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. We're beginning a new chapter in our study of the book of Proverbs tonight. And Solomon is going to speak to the young people tonight. To the young people. But as with all the scriptures, the old people have a lot to learn. They can, a lot to learn from these scriptures as well. Last week I performed the marriage ceremony for a young couple. And to them everything is new and exciting. It's time for them to live life the way they want to live it. Call their own shots. Enjoy adulthood. Y'all know how it feels, you know, when you're just getting married, getting out there. And young people are so confident about life. And uh, they're, they're confident even though they've never really had the, the chance to experience life. <laughs> they're still confident. And uh, older people, they've traveled down life's road several miles ahead of them. And as older people, we have a little better idea of the problems that those young people are going to face when they go down life's road. The pitfalls that can destroy their marriage and their walk with God, the temptations that can just absolutely destroy them if they yield to them. If the younger people would be hungry for the wisdom of godly older people, they could be spared so much heartache along life's way. But eager to be their own boss and eager to prove themselves as adults, that's the way a lot of young people are, they often shun the advice of older people or they they make light of it. Like they know everything. Man, I used to be like that. Sometimes I'm still like that in my pride. But boy, when I was younger, I was like that a lot. You couldn't tell me anything. I knew it. I knew it. And, uh, and that's a mistake. That's wrong. So speaking to the younger generation tonight, Solomon says, if you look in your text, and this is the title of our message, Solomon says, Hear, ye children. Hear, ye children. See, what are children supposed to do? They're not supposed to be speaking. They're supposed to be listening. There's a time in life when people should take you seriously. And they should listen to what you have to say. But that time is not when you're young. You should be taken seriously as a human. But when you're young, you should be listening. Listening and learning. You may know some things about the Apple iPhone or the computer or something that your parents don't know. But uh, as far as life goes, they know the things that you don't know. So Solomon's saying, listen up, young people. Think about it for a moment. Why would Solomon call for young people to listen up? Why target the youth? Why not simply say, hear ye people, instead of hear ye children? <laughs> it's because youth is a door of opportunity that closes a little more each day. I'm going to repeat that again. Youth is a door of opportunity that closes a little more each day. Youth is a fleeting opportunity to bless the years that lie ahead of you. We'll say it again. Youth 
is a fleeting opportunity to bless the years that lie ahead of you. How you lived in the past. Man, I've got a guy, he's been writing me. I I should have asked for prayer for him. I, I didn't think about tonight. His name is Jeff. He's been writing to me about his salvation. He thinks that he is lost, condemned to hell, and there's nothing that can be done about it. He thinks his doom is sealed because of some things that he did in his past life, his, his younger life. And, uh, and he writes me several times a day saying, this is something else I did that's bothering me, and it's really got me concerned. And, and uh, you know, he's looking at himself, and I keep telling him about Jesus. He keeps telling me about himself, and we just keep going back and forth. And I, I told him, you're, you know, you're in unbelief. That's your problem. Unbelief. You're worried about you. I'm trying to tell you about Jesus. You need to quit worrying about you. You need to believe on Jesus. But uh, do you know what's happening all those years? He made some terrible choices. Oh, I hate reading the stuff he wrote because it's just horrible life choices. And now those choices are like, like great burdens on his shoulders. And no matter what he does, even if he becomes a believer in Christ, he'll still be bearing the earthly burdens that he, that, that he has to reap what he sowed back then till he dies. It's terrible. But, but how you live in the past determines how you're going to experience the years in the future. You cannot get away from it. How you live in the past is going to determine how and what you will experience in the future. It's critical for young people to live wisely so their future years will be blessed. So Solomon said, hear ye children. And what did he tell them to hear? He says, look back in your text, the instruction of a father. And it's interesting, he didn't say the instruction of your father. He said the instruction of a father. Not simply the instruction of an old man. Because some old people are fools. But the instruction of a father. The instruction of an older person who cares about the younger generation. Has that nurturing spirit in the Lord Jesus Christ. And has wisdom to pass down to that younger generation. Listen to those people, Solomon is saying. Listen to me, Solomon is saying as well. People need to be very careful who they take advice from. Make sure you're taking advice from a spiritual father. Not from a carnal fool. The idea here is that young people should take advice from older people who've been successful in life already. If you want advice on how to live a meaningful and joyful life, ask a person who's living one right now. Not someone who's failing at it. (laughs) I always got a kick, Brother Shepard. These inmates would always get advice from their fellow inmates on the law. And I'm like... Well, now, if they're in the same position you're in, why would you want to be taking advice from them? I'd take advice from someone who's free. Take advice from your lawyer. 
He's making money off the law, and you're spending money because of the law, and you're losing your freedom because of it. Somebody's got the law figured out, and it's not you, and it's not the people in your cell block. But if you want to get advice in life, take it from a father. Take it from someone who's mastered life on this earth who has a full, rich, wonderful, meaningful life. Not that they don't have any sorrows or anything, but someone who's living successfully in the eyes of God today. Listen to that person. Don't listen to a failure. Don't listen to someone who wants to live a meaningful and joyful life. Listen to someone who is living this way today. Find an older person. Even if you're my age. And we've got young people in here that really are just now starting off. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I still consider myself in my 50s, I still like listening and learning from older people. I do. I like to listen to my dad talk. I like to listen to older people talk. When Miss Hensley talks, if I'm around here, I usually get quiet and I listen to her. I've got a lot I can learn from her, a lot I have learned from her. And, uh, and it's nice to listen to someone who's, who's gone a few miles ahead of you in life. But listen to someone like that. Find an older person you would like to model your Christian life after and hear what they have to say. Hear their instructions, Solomon said. Look back in your text. And attend to no understanding. And what he's saying is, Pay very close attention to what they say to you so that you can understand the advice they're giving you. Attend to no understanding. On our way home from uh, the reunion service Monday, my wife was reading a chapter from a book that was written by a wise Christian man many years ago, George Mueller. We we read some in that book every now and then, and we never did quite finish it on our trips. And we said, hey, let's break that book out again. Boy, the chapter she read was so, so precious. And that man, you know, he lived so many years ago, and he was such a successful Christian. And he was giving some very good advice in this particular chapter. And you could hear the fatherly tone in his voice as he wrote. And I, I remember thinking to myself as my wife was reading. I remember thinking this man cares about his readers. He really cares about the people he's writing to here. And, and he's wanting to share his experience with them. He's wanting them to know the, the full and abundant life of faith in God and trusting in, 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 in God as, as he has, has had. And he wants us to have the benefit from the wisdom that God has given him. You could hear it in his voice. I know what it feels like to write that way. You've got something you're passionate about and you're like, I want to... I want to drop this off in their heart and let them know this too. So I perceived the value of his fatherly words as my wife was reading. And 
I was driving down that road, and I, I'm telling you, man, just like a dog with my ears pricked up like this, I was leaning forward in my seat as I, I was driving, and I was hanging on every word that man had to say, and I was taking it to heart. And I remember praying as I was listening to a read. I remember praying, you know, thanking God for using this man to care and to give advice and pass that advice along, that older advice along to his readers. That's what Solomon is telling young people to do. That's what Solomon is telling you to do, to listen to someone older. Maybe someone in age, it may not necessarily mean older in the sense of fatherly, meaning that those people are older than you. They may be younger than you, but they have experience in a certain area in life that you haven't experienced. And so you can listen to them in that nurturing fatherly spirit and learn from them. It's a mistake to shut down younger people's wisdom. Remember what Paul told Timothy, let no man despise your youth. Don't do it. If you have the wisdom of God, you can be young and have the wisdom of the ancient of days, you know, who's the, the, the oldest of all and give nice, sound, ancient, eternal wisdom. He said, uh, he said uh, if you want to be blessed in the days that lie ahead of you, Listen to what these people have to say. Listen to the folly advice I have for you, verse 2. For I give you good doctrine. Which means, and that word doctrine means I give you good teaching. When you see doctrine in the scriptures, don't think it means something dry like, well, do you, do you have to baptize through immersion or is it sprinkling or, or once saved, always saved or something like that. And that's, that's doctrine, it is. But in the scriptures, doctrine is teaching. I'm giving you good teaching. I'm giving you good truth, good advice, good wisdom. Truth you can live by. And, and, and remember, since Solomon is classifying his teaching as good doctrine, then that means there is bad doctrine out there. Or else he could not contrast his good doctrine to anything else. Unless there's bad doctrine. The Proverbs will teach a young man about women, right? Proverbs have a lot to say about women and men. But just for illustrative purposes, the Proverbs will teach a young man about women. The world will also teach a young man about women. I've been taught by both. I remember an older man trying to give me some insight, some real wise, older person insight about women when I was a teenager. This man would be, which I did not know the word back then, but you could probably classify him as a misogynist. Y'all know what a misogynist is? I see your eyes wrinkling up. I'll get to teach you a new word tonight. Is that okay? A misogynist, that's not someone who is in a day spa and rubs your back. That's a massage therapist. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a misogynist, and that's somebody who doesn't like women. He thinks they're all bad. They're all bad. That's a misogynist. And this man was a misogynist. He was very bitter against women. 
He'd gone through many experiences, had bad experiences with them. He came to the conclusion, they're all bad. Just all bad. He didn't think there were any good women to be found. He told me, Richard, take it from me. He said, I've been with a lot of women and they're all alike. See, he was not wise. He was giving me bad doctrine. You see, the Proverbs teach you about godly women. If there's godly women, that means there's some women who aren't bad women. He was giving me bad doctrine. You see, what his problem was is this. And you don't have this problem with the Proverbs. That's what's so beautiful about the Proverbs. He kept choosing the same kind of women. And that's why he thought all women were alike. It's that simple. If a man keeps looking for women who will drink beer and sleep around with them, then he's going to come to the conclusion that all women drink beer and sleep around. Isn't that right? That's just how it's going to happen. Be like a man who kept dating women at the local nursing home. And after a few years of dating women at a local nursing home, he's going to come to the conclusion that all women like to play bingo and go out to eat at the dining hall. And it's not true. But that's the conclusion he had come to. The man had advice, but he didn't have wisdom. He had doctrine, but it wasn't good doctrine. The book of Proverbs, however, tells a young man what to look for in a woman. To be able to differentiate between the nursing home right, and some other place where he can find a woman who uh, would be suitable to marry. A godly woman. The book of Proverbs warns young men about wicked women and informs young men about godly women. Good doctrine. So Solomon said, listen to me, young people, and look back in your text, forsake ye not my law. Take heed to the fatherly wisdom I'm giving you and never let your feet stray from what I command you to do. Solomon reasons with the young people saying, verse 3, for I was my father's son. Now, I want you to listen to what Solomon is saying. Listen to his reasoning here. He says, you listen to a father, for I was my father's son. He's saying, I was young like you once. You see what he's saying? I once was a, a child like you. I once was in the position where I had a dad who was trying to talk to me. And now here I am having grown up to the position where my dad used to be. And now I'm trying to pass wisdom down to you. I've been where you are. There's one thing every grown up can say to a younger person is, I've been where you are. I've been your age. I've had the hormones uh, raging in my body. I've had the crazy ideas. You know, I've, I've been there and done that. He says, I was my father's son. I've been where you are right now. Young people have the idea that the world is much different today than it was when their parents were young. And I know in some ways it's true. I understand that morality changes and, you know, the 50s were different and all that. But you know what? Sin is still sin. Truth is still truth. 
temptation, still temptation. It's, it's really all the same. Right is still right and wrong is still wrong. The Word of God is still the Word of God. And the Bible is still the best advice that you'll ever get this side of heaven. The best advice this world will ever receive. None of that's changed. Solomon said, I was once my father's son. I was like you. Look back in your text. Tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. The mother's firstborn child is very special to them. They seem to get the most attention and affection, you know. Since everything's new to the mama. Then another child comes along. And then another child comes along. And they've been there and they've done that. The psalmist saying, I once was a young person who had parents that loved me and cared about my well-being, cared about my future, and, and they loved me so much that they gave me the very advi best advice they could. They gave me advice that was never selfish. It was always for my good. I've been in the position you are in, young people, and now, like a father, I care about your well-being. Do you see how the Proverbs are speaking to us tonight? Do you know what you're hearing when you hear Solomon speak that way? You're actually hearing your Heavenly Father's voice whispering to you through the Scriptures Solomon wrote. God is saying, I love you. I love you like you're my only child. I care about you. And I want you to listen up because I'm speaking to you through a Father's voice. I'm speaking to you through Solomon's voice. And Solomon becomes my voice to you. I love you as your heavenly father. He's saying, hear my words and live. Speaking of his father, Solomon said, look in verse 4. He taught me also. Like I'm teaching you. I've been taught. Look in your text. And said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. Oh, here's the Father's voice, our Heavenly Father's voice speaking to us tonight. It's as if the Scriptures are reaching out and putting their, their hands on our shoulders. Putting a, a hand on our face like this. And, and God's putting, putting His hands on our face and looking into our eyes and telling us how much He loves us. And, and wanting us to listen to what He has to say. I've looked at my young children before. And I have poured my heart heart out trying to give them wisdom and on many occasions as I poured my heart out I knew it was going right over their heads or I knew there was like a little barrier put up a little buffer put up and they weren't listening sometimes but I knew how my heart bled for them and knew what they would have to face growing up and try my best to protect them and this is what God's doing with us no matter what age you are. This is God's fatherly voice talking to you tonight. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Here is the passion of the older generation. Here is the love of the ancient of days who is, who was, who is to come. Parents know the challenges that lie ahead for young people. God knows the challenges that lie ahead for you and me. Parents have already buried loved ones 
Parents have already been through the school of hard knocks. Parents don't want their children to make the same mistakes they did. Parents want to spare the, their children the pain that they had to suffer. This is all in the voice of Solomon tonight. So Solomon's father told him to hang on to the words he was telling him. He said, look, uh, back in your text, keep my commandments and live. Can you imagine King David passing some of this down to King Solomon after all the mistakes King David made? I sure can. All the temptations David had being king where he could have any woman just about he wanted to and do just about whatever he wanted to and, and uh, have no one challenge him. And he knew Solomon would be in that position as well. He knew the pitfalls he would face. Keep my commandments, he said, and live. Walk according to the commandments I'm giving you. Don't depart from them and you'll truly live. That's what he's saying. You not only live forever through the gospel covenant, we thank God for that, but your life in this world will truly be what it means to live. You won't merely exist. A lot of people just exist today. That's all they do. They go from day to day existing. He says, you're not going to exist. You're going to live your life will not be empty. It will be full. Full of purpose. Full of joy. Satisfaction. Contentment. And reward. That's the kind of life God wants you to have. When I left that internet campus service last Sunday. I remember thinking to myself. This is extraordinary living. So I remember thinking. We had such a great time in the word of God. We had such a love for one another and for Christ that we got to share. We had such a great time of fellowship. We, we weren't existing. We were living. We were living. God's commandments give life both for today and forever. The other day my granddaughter was given a special stuffed bear. You know those Build-A-Bear factories? They're kind of cool. Do you have a Build-A-Bear, Abigail? You still like it? You remember what it was like to go get it? You didn't, did you go get it? Was it a hand-me-down? Oh, they get it at Goodwill for you? No, I'm playing. But you go, you go to the Build-A-Bear factory and you pick out like the, the skin. Am I right? Like the, 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 the skin, kind of, if you want to say, the external part. And they, they stuff it and everything. You get to watch them stuff it and all and, and, and build the bear. And then it's given directly to you. And it's your special bear made for you. Well, uh, Shiloh got to get her a uh, uh, Build-A-Bear. She got to pick the bear out and watch them put the stuffing in the bear and all that good stuff. And when that bear was finished, she had something wonderful that she could squeeze and hold on to. And God's commandments, when he says, hear my commandments and live. Now he's talking, he's not talking to dead people. Solomon was alive and well. He was talking to the bear. He's trying to tell him how to get the stuffing. 
God's commandments are like the stuffing in the bear. They stuff our lives with everything that's good and give us something wonderful to hold on to. But if we don't follow his word, we'll end up with an empty bear. We'll be hollow, empty people. People who experience life, but who never lived it. You know, that's the majority of people. They experienced life. They were busy in life. They did things. They were known by people. They may have had some fun. They experienced life, but they didn't live it. They're people who gain what the world had to give, but never gain what the world couldn't give. You know what I mean? My wife tells me all the time, she says, I'm a wealthy woman. Sometimes she writes it on my sandwich notes at work. She always puts encouraging notes on my sandwiches. A lot of times she'll say, I'm a wealthy woman. And when she tells me that, you know how I respond to her? I say, married to a wealthy man. That's what I tell her. All we experience pain like everybody else. But I have to say, and I'll say it joyfully, God's Word has stuffed our lives and given us something wonderful to hold on to that money can't buy and death can't take away. By the grace of God, we know what it's like to truly live. And God wants you to know as well, Solomon said. So hear, ye children, keep your heavenly Father's commandments and live. And that will go ahead and close tonight. And God willing, everyone will pray. Everyone has a safe trip home. I'll close the word of prayer now. Is that thunder I hear outside? Wonderful. Lord, thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for your tender, fatherly voice that we hear in the scriptures tonight. We can feel by faith, Lord, the the word of God wrapping your fingers around our face, lifting our eyes into yours and, and telling us, keep my commandments and live, children. Oh, Father, let us keep your commandments and live. Let us not depart from them. Help us, Lord, to hear your wise, eternal voice speaking to us in your word to faithfully apply every word in the scriptures. Father, to leave life holding on to a stuffed bear that will go with us into eternity rather than leaving behind an empty one. And Father, I pray, Lord, if it be your will tonight, you'll send forth abundant rain. I pray you'll send it where it's needed. I pray you'll fill the reservoirs back up so we won't have water rationing. I pray, Lord, you'll water the trees so they won't die. And I pray that people will give you thanks for it. But Lord, if you choose to continue to withhold your water from us, Lord, we'll thank you for that as well. And I pray, Father, that like in the days, Lord, of, uh, of Second Kings that Brother Shepherd's been teaching in, dear Lord God, when famine comes, when drought comes, dear Lord God, Father, that will bring people to repentance, that will bring them to, to, to look to you. And I pray for repentance in this world, in this nation. 
But if it be your will, seeing you send your reign on the just and the unjust, we pray you'll send it our way too. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.